Hi, welcome to the Sayers Conversations podcast series, a special innovators edition. Today we have joining us in the studio, Omar De Silva. He is the co-founder and the co-CEO of Fourth Rev. Enjoy. This is a Sayers Conversation. We're calling this the Innovators Edition. All right. Um, uh, and we're here with Omar De Silva. Omar De Silva is a serial founder uh, he, he was a co-founder of a business called Focus Group. Uh, Doucet Global Business. Doucet. Doucet Global Business School. The Plato Project. Wanna, I want to know all about that. All right. Um, Four Men, mm-hmm. uh, which is a charity. Mm-hmm. Um, Saw Studio. Mm-hmm. Strategy. Strategy, innovation. Right. Chairperson of Little Big Steps, which is, uh, tell us. Kids Cancer Charity. And you are currently co-founder, co-CEO of 4th Rev. Correct. 4th Rev is something that we're really interested in. This is Freddie. Freddie is um, the producer um, here at Good One. And at the end of our podcast, I'd like to ask Freddie if he's got any questions. Love it. So stand by. Now, the first thing we do Mm. um, is we play you some sounds. Okay. Because I want you and I to have a chat as if we're old mates. All right. right? And so where are a couple of old mates going to have a conversation? It depends. It depends on which sound you like best. Go. Okay, fireside, beachside, pubside, sailing, uh, forest. Yeah, so the fire in the water is where I do my best work in the deep philosophical zones. Right, when we're okay. going deep and meaningful, which a lot of my friends will tell you I get to too quickly and too early in the day. <laughs> but if we're going creative, innovative, yep. getting that energy going, uh-huh. um, I'll, I'll, I'll say pubside, but turn it into Melbourne cafe side, okay. if, if we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Not a problem. Um, Maybe maybe it's a Melbourne cafe. It's cold at the moment in Melbourne with mm. a fire. Sounds good. Yeah, you're happy with that. And good I like balance. the fact you get deep uh, early. Mm. Um, I'm quite happy to go there. Cool. So let's go there. Um, you you you've got a big you've got a big view of what you can do to shape the world. Is my impression. So tell us some things that you want to do that are going to shape the world. Yeah, good question. Um, And yeah, the fireside is appropriate for that. So my dad told me somewhere around I was 16, 17, 18. I'm an only child. My parents got uh, separated when I was very young and then divorced. You know, they they, they went through the formalities later. And my dad said to me somewhere around 16, 17, 18, I only had a child because I thought that they could make the world a better place. And it, whatever that, you know, didn't, didn't really hit me then. But then as I went through into the early years of my adult life Uh I started to think about that more and more and more seriously my dad grew up in Sri Lanka didn't have a lot didn't have a heap of opportunity got his way over here through the support of his family and other people here um, and has worked incredibly hard to give me a much better life and opportunity than he ever had Mm -hmm. and so as my yeah as my career has has progressed and built I've started to have a family of my own I've taken that sentiment that my dad shared more and more seriously. Uh-huh. And, and something that I absolutely have is a lot of ambition. I have a lot of insecurities with that ambition. I have a lot of um, points where I start to think, who the hell am I to have such ambition? But I do want to make the world a better place. Mm. When I first went into to meet uh, who turned out to be 
uh, sort of a silent partner of the Plato Project, he said to me, what do you want to do, Omar? And I said, man, I want to change the world. And he sort of looked at me and he wasn't quite that of an operator. And he sort of, yeah, cool, but what do you actually want to do? But that is how I look at things. You know, yeah. I do have that ambition and it feels kind of uncomfortable saying that because, again, who the hell am I to do that? But I do believe that I've been born with some talents and some skills, which I'm very fortunate to have been born with. Uh-huh. I feel a sense of um, incumbency, responsibility to use those. And and I think, you know, the combination of those things does give me the chance to, to try and make a positive dent in the world. And, yeah, I'd like to do it if I can. Good man. Well, I'm pleased you feel comfy to say those things because yeah. that's, that's what I want. Uh, okay, so give me your view of the shape of the world right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting one. Um, I've got some real... I'm very passionate about mental health um, through my own experiences of, of struggling with mine and, and seeing people close to me um, struggling with theirs and ultimately losing battles with theirs. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the way that I look at the world is around um, how people are influenced and shaped on a daily basis and, and the way in which the, the micro and macro affect that. And there's obviously a lot of stuff going on in the world which can be painted in an incredibly bad negative way mm-hmm. and i've got i've got some some real gripes and frustrations with um traditional mainstream media and the way that that's utilized and i don't love that yeah um but on the flip side i think that there is so much reason to be optimistic and and positive and i i'm not smart enough or or educated well enough to speak with any authority on just how good or bad of a position we are in our history of being humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't imagine that it's that much better or that much worse. You know, I think that there's always a middle ground and we've got to keep moving forward. I've got a view in the world that you need to be optimistic. You need to have a solutions focused whilst being pragmatic about the challenges. There are some real challenges. I do get nervous about what the future can be for my three kids. Um, but I think there is more opportunity than ever yeah. as well. Do you um, follow uh, or subscribe to a website called Future Crunch? No. Check it out, Future Crunch, excellent. Um, they, they will give you reasons to be cheerful. Yeah. Um, and really, it, it is a, it's a wonderful site on why we can be optimistic. And it's a wonderful site which will give you all the information on why the world is better today than it's ever been in any, po- in any point in its history. So sure. it's a really, it's a great place to go. I'll take it out. Yeah, yeah, Future Crunch. Um, in fact, Freddie, make a note, we better get a Future Crunch in here as well. Have mm. a chat to those guys. Yeah. Now, Plato, I, I, my mind, my eye, I should say, went straight to the Plato Project. Sure. Um, only because I tried about five years ago to set up a business, uh, a platform, um, using Plato <laughs> as the brand name. However, it was P-L-A-I-T-O. It was all, right. all around, of course, you know, the, the world of AI. Yeah. So I went straight to Plato Project. Tell me your, about your Plato Project. Yeah, sure thing. So um, Plato Project, we, we sort of had the, the tagline, if you like, of the new business school. Um, I co-founded it with a guy called James Tutton, who's a, a well-known Melbourne serial entrepreneur. Indeed. Um, he was the the founder or co-founder of Moonlight Cinemas back in the day, um, director of Neo Metro, gone on to, to be a co-founder of Smiling Mind and, and many other things. And he and I sort of shared this view on the world that there was an opportunity to run simplistically business leadership programs with a slightly different view to the quote-unquote traditional. And and that was the catalyst for the Plato project. Mm-hmm. Um, and why did you call it Plato? Yeah, I think you'll, you'll be interested in this given your background. So we worked with an agency called Seesaw Studio, 
to help us come up with a brand. And they brought in a, a guy, I can't remember his name, um, who was apparently involved in coming up with the tagline of the ultimate driving machine for uh, BMW. Well, he would be English and he would have worked at, a, at an agency called White Collins Rutherford Scott. <laughs> WCRS. Sounds right. sounds about right. Yeah. He was an older gentleman. Yeah. Um, I remember him being a distinguished gentleman, so yeah. it, it very well could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story that he explained was that BMW were looking for a tagline which articulated the values that they needed to compete on to be number one and overtake Volvo, which was um, exclusivity, quality, technology, and performance. Uh-huh. And the ultimate driving machine were a direct articulations of those four competitive factors. Nice. So we went through the process of what are our four competitive factors that we need in order to win. can't remember all of them. It was um, think big, do good, be entrepreneurial, something else. Positive, something positive. That's right. And so we were looking, five-letter words. James had a philosophical background. Um, We were looking for sort of alliterations, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually Plato came up. We looked into Plato and there was a lot of uh, alignment. Oh, yeah, no. it's a. I mean, I I hope you've got um, the business name registered somewhere. Because uh, if you haven't, I might have to nick it. All right, so tell me about... Uh, actually, no, I did want to ask you. Yeah. Geez, you've been born with a good name. Yeah, well, it depends. <laughs> I mean, seriously, there Omar De Silva. Here he comes. There, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been an eye-opening one, I have to say. D- different parts of the world, different conversations. It can, you know, frankly, it, it has worked against me at wow. times, if I'm really honest. Not in a major way, yeah. but you know there are there are <laughs> there are amusing times, slightly intimidating times where you rock up to something and people have a picture of who Omar De Silva is going to be, yeah. and that can sometimes work for you, sometimes work against you. I went through a phase of playing baseball and I was taking it quite seriously, and they said Omar De Silva, your name's made to play in the majors, so yeah, you're, totally. you're, you're set, you know. So that was great. <laughs> it's like a Moneyball, you know, the start exactly. opening scene of Moneyball. That's it. Yeah, yeah, spot put on. Him, yeah he can't bat. Doesn't matter. He looks good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know about the looks good, but the name was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so my dad's Tyrone after Tyrone Power, the yeah, actor, great. and so I became Omar after Omar Sharif. Oh, that is just. I, I yeah. honestly think it's glorious. And you, it, it's written that you were going to be a serial founder just off the back of Omar De Silva. Fourth yeah. Rev, yeah. Also, really, just again the name, mm. yeah. So we're in the fourth industrial revolution. Um, I'm guessing that that's played a role in, again, the brand name. Yeah, spot on. Before we started 4th Rev as what it is today, I was um, looking to um, create something to do more training and development with regards to thriving in the 4th Industrial Revolution. So that's where 4th Rev came to be. Then when my co-founder Jack and I said, right, time for us to do this education thing that we've been finding the right time to do... We were talking about names and fourth rev. You know, it continued to make sense exactly as you said. Fourth industrial revolution. Yeah. How can we help individuals, organisations, communities be their best, unlock human potential yeah. through reimagined education to thrive in the fourth industrial revolution? Okay, so reimagined education. It, it of course, is, I imagine, it's coming from a sense that actually we're still educated now as a result of the initial industrial revolution. We're using the same methodology in effect now. Uh, and that's not good enough for the future. That's right. Okay. With all of due respect to all of the good stuff that continues on, um, there is one size does not fit all when it comes to good education. Uh-huh. Our our approach is not the best approach for everybody. 
but we've reimagined the approach that we take and we work with to deliver on the outcomes that we're looking to deliver on. Uh-huh. And as we evolve and as the world evolves around us, we will continue to reimagine the way we do things. But it's about this idea of progression. And, you know, there's all those cliches and, and everybody knows. You look at a picture from the 30s of a classroom to a picture of the, the classroom from today, it's the same thing, blah, 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 blah. There's a bunch of valid reasons for that. Yeah. But there's also a bunch of valid reasons as to why we do need to reimagine it. Okay, um, you've got some pretty, uh, some pretty impressive partners with Full Thrive. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, I can thank only you for that lead in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just put the ball on the tee, Omar. Well, you just, you just whack it down the fairway, I'll, mate. I'll do my best. <laughs> um, I, I, I say that with you know. Uh, there's only so much credit that, that I can take for that, absolutely. Um, amazing team, um, but yes, we do. The London School of Economics, King's College of London, University of Melbourne and yep. the Melbourne Business School, yep. now Cambridge University um, as well. Yeah, it's, 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 it is a legitimate pinch-me thing, and it's been really nice because my dad is, is so incredibly proud of that, yep. and that's something that um, I really love. Okay, so I go to Fourth Rev, yep. um, and what am I buying? Um, Simplistically, or simply, a purpose-built learning experience which is going to help you go further, faster, in your ambitions as a digital professional. Okay, so it's focused in on the digital digital world. That's right. What age? Um, our traditional learners, 27 to 35. Mm-hmm. Um, how many customers have you got? Uh, we will be hitting over a 1,000 learners by the end of this year in this particular um, product. Yeah, great. Um, our... Initial product, which is uh, uh, almost like a modern-day textbook, if you like. We're a publisher. We license those published materials to universities around the world so they can deliver digital skills courses more quickly. Uh. We do the hard work of keeping it up to date with the pace of industry, which universities aren't set up to do. Yeah, well, um, should be. Should, well, yes. <laughs> um, that's a whole different different conversation. Um, uh. And so, yeah, that's been going around uh, since the start uh-huh. um, and thousands and thousands and thousands of students have gone through those programs in different in different ways but we don't um, direct control own that student experience that's of the our partners okay so then I'm a, I'm a, I'm a learner yep um, I've purchased off uh, fourth Rev website mm-hmm. yep um, do I go anywhere is it purely is it at home learning how does it work yeah so it's a um, purpose-built online first designed experience. You do not need to go anywhere. However, there are opportunities to go into physical spaces if and when you would like to, uh-huh. hosted at one of our university partners. So the London School of Economics, for example, held an event for learners that were in and around the area that wanted to go and get together, um, get their certificates, meet their peers, etc., and, and turn that into you know the, the very valuable thing that it can be. But um, our view on the world is... There are hundreds and millions, literally, of people that go to university every year. The absolute majority of those individuals go there looking for a career outcome, but they're not getting the career outcome to the full extent. Uh So what our view on the world is, if we can work with universities and help them be the very best that they can be in delivering those career outcomes, you don't need to change much behavior to get the impact and the outcome that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so by having it in an online environment with world-leading brands were able to serve a very large audience and create more opportunity than what is traditionally there 
because to pick up your life, to find the tens of thousands of dollars or pounds and the many, many months or years to go on campus on site really limits that opportunity. Okay, so government... Yeah. Um, so you're, you're, I assume, mm. having to get some sort of accreditation for your courses? Yeah, good one. We work with the university partners in a genuine direct partnership, which means the courses are designed quality controlled and signed off by our university partners. Uh So as a learner of a fourth rev career accelerator, you are a learner with that particular university that you might enroll into. At completion, you get a certificate from that university. There's a... um, uh, an education model out there which is sort of talked about as a boot camp, which has been sort of six-month learning experiences focused on digital and technical skills, which there are private labels. So things like General Assembly do a great job. Academy XI is an Australian company, does a great job. Plato Project was that type of model. No university accreditation qualification. Right. Um, Great, but there is still enormous value in our mind of qualification, certification, credibility that comes along with University uh, of Melbourne or London School of Economics. We try and bring the the best of both worlds together. And so whilst you don't at the moment get a formal academic qualification, you do get a certification from the university, you know, so it's, you know, London School of Economics, um, Data Analytics Career Accelerator completion. But very shortly, which we're very excited about, this is part of the reimagining of... After you've completed that program, the learners can opt to complete an academic, one academic unit and turn that into a postgraduate qualification. Yeah. Because again, the idea of having a qualification, not just a certification from a world-leading institution, is still valuable. It's just the way in which you've gone about it has been reimagined to be far more relevant with the modern learner and the modern workplace. Okay, so fourth rev. Um, it, well, I believe that <coughs> Launch Vic... Launch Vic are impressed with what Fourth Rev is up to. Um, is that that's right? Yeah, yeah, and and they've got a thirty by thirty program. That's right. So they're looking for thirty businesses to be unicorns by twenty thirty. That's right. Well, uh, how are you going? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's only like you know, there's a, there's acceleration ahead for you. Hundred um, percent. So it's a you know coming into here today to 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 speak with yourself because you know and and being part of the Sayers. Um, podcast and, and and speaking with you you know the imposter syndrome it creeps in so it does as well when you get selected in programs um like that yeah um i was listening to uh not your radio program yesterday morning but but another one talking you know in the sports and the sports airwaves and, and they were talking about ben crow who's sort of a peak performance mindfulness coach yep. talking about expectations comes with burdens goals I can't remember the exact words, and you know the the expectation isn't put onto us by thirty by thirty or launch Vic, which I think is really good. It's very pragmatic. It's very supportive. It's very um, what's the word? Yeah, it, it's it's all good. We're making the most of it. We are learning. We are growing. Growing fast comes with growing pains, yeah. and and I'd be lying if I said that we haven't had ours. We absolutely have. Um. But we're really proud of the culture that we've got. We're really proud of the impact that we've had. You know, literally every single day we are having career outcome stories come through from the learners going through our programs, which which we, you know, I, I yeah. really am proud of. Yeah. 
heck of a lot of hard work. Yeah. The world's changed a lot in the last 18 months in all sorts, including in the investment markets, and, and, and there have been a whole bunch of readjustments. Um, but so far, so good. Okay, investment market. Let's mm. go there. You mm. have raised money. You've raised we some have. good money. We have. Um, and what do you? So revenue is growing. Yeah, it is. Um, are you? Is profit something you're pursuing right now, or is it a is it a growth play? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's an important question because you know, again, if you go twelve months ago, eighteen months ago, it was still once you get investment, grow. That's what startups are designed to do: grow fast, figure out your profitability later. Obviously, the world's changed and that narrative's needed to change. Mm-hmm. We are not profitable. Do we have levers that we can pull which can make us profitable very quickly? Yes. Uh-huh. So we've got our pathway to profitability. We've just completed a bridge round from a position of strength and opportunity as opposed to, to, to the opposite, which is um, we don't take for granted. We're very grateful for and proud of. And that gives us the time, the space, the energy, the support so we can get to that pathway of profitability without needing to drastically sl- uh, slow down our growth. Who builds the uh, site? Uh, our team. Okay, and um, your team is based in? Melbourne, Cape Town, London. How interesting. Mm. Uh, and the, the brand's work, who does your brand work for you? Um, historically, we've used some agencies. Yeah. We're about to relaunch the brand based on some internal works, um, which I'm really excited by. Yeah. Um, because if I'm honest, where we've got to exactly, um, that, that scrunched up face is how I feel about it. And, and I, I was having a chat with, with uh, one of the partners at Sayers, Kate, when, yep. I, when I first met her. Yep. Something I worked really hard on is, is not being the overbearing founder. And as part of that, empowering, enabling, yeah. providing space for people to, to yeah. do their thing. And saying yes when you don't want to. <laughs> Sometimes saying <laughs> yes when you don't really want to. And, you know, the, the mistake that yeah, I've, yeah. I've made infrequently is perhaps doing that too much. Right, I and get it. Yeah. I get it. Saw, S-O-A-R. Yeah. Um, so my notes tell me it's a startup studio and strategy consultancy. Yeah. Which, I mean, I like, I like the sound of that very much. Yeah. So tell us a little about Saw. Sure. So again, from a name perspective, yeah, you, you, you might enjoy this. It's again, uh, <laughs> I haven't used this word for a while, an homage to my, to my dad yeah. who used to tell me, if you want to soar with the eagles, you can't hang around with the turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't mean it from an elitist sense by any sense of the world, a word. It is just very much, if you want to do big things, think big ideas and, and surround yourself with big ideas. And yeah. so that's where the, 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 the word soar comes from. And as we were as we we're having a brief chat leading into this, the term of studio is is reflecting the non-traditional strategy approach that we take to things, where we do want people to feel they're in a different space, looking at different things in different ways and unlocking new concepts, new ideas, new opportunities. And and the definition that I have of entrepreneurship is around the creation of unexpected value. That's sort of how I look at things. The, the creation of unexpected value, no matter what resources you do or don't have available to you. And that's quite a new paradigm for particularly established organizations yeah. where they're looking for incremental improvement and incre- incremental growth. Yeah. And so the whole idea of Source Studio is creating that space for people to have broader, bigger thoughts. Right. Everything that I do hasn't always been called Source Studio, but everything that I do has been through this sort of central place where I'll work with myself, my friends, my colleagues, my, my peers on new ideas and new projects. And off the back of that is where we spring out concepts like Fourth Rev, like For Men, which is the, the men's mental, mental health not-for-profit. Uh-huh. And then the concept is by doing that work, building Fourth Rev, 
raising the money, growing the team, etc. We take that knowledge, we take that insights, we put it back in to the to the studio concept, and then we help create that you know next thing. I like it. And is the studio physical or it's again um, it's a virtual? Yeah, I mean, if if I'm honest, it's it's now virtual. Yeah, yeah. I do have an office space um, out of a co-working space in Hawthorne where we do have a physical location and all of the the good bits of those um, physical mm. Camp- near Campbell Junction. Uh, a little bit further down, mm-hmm. but it's uh, sort of corner of Glenfrey Road and Burwood Road. Oh yeah, good. Um, Creative Cubes. They've got spaces in lots yeah. of places in Melbourne, so yep. you get all of those different. Yeah, good. Um, and Swinburne. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is where I which is where I went. Don't get me wrong. A space like this yeah. is is high on the priority list yeah. for me because I do see the value in that physical connection. Swinburne's interesting, isn't it? I I, I think that um, I think actually Hawthorne's interesting. You know, mm. I, I think Hawthorne should be selling itself as a education city. I I agree. Yeah, I mean, what a what a part of the world actually, not just a part of Melbourne, let alone Australia. Yeah, it's a very interesting part of the world when you think about it. So being there, I think yeah. you know. As a location, mm. I like the sound of that. I like mm. the sound of Fourth Rev being mm. there mm. because I wanted to go to okay, where can Fourth Rev go as a brand in the world of education? Yeah, um, our ambition is very large. We don't want to just be another small education business, um, and we feel that we've got the the starting point in the platform with the partners that we have. Um, we have been recognised. There's there's a big um, ed tech conference every year called ASU GSV, which runs out of San Diego, and not this year, but the year previous, we were recognised in in what they called the Elite Two Hundred, which is the sort of um, the the best global education startups. Um, we've just been shortlisted as a finalist in the London uh, Tech Week innovation category. Brilliant. Um, so we've, we've had a few of those and, and that's just to say that we have had the recognition of having heaps of potential as a, as a global education company. So we've had recognition now in Australia, in the UK and also in the US. Mm-hmm. Now we've got to work super hard to not just be recognised with the potential but, but then being recognised as. Okay. It was a real point of flattery that one of the, the big, big players in the space um, replicated something that we did um, and so that's sort of given us some some motivation and energy of the paying attention. Yeah. Now nice. we're just going to do the work. Okay. So I'm uh, I'm 27. Yep. And I feel like I need to um, improve my digital knowledge. Sure. So, what process can you take me through before I'm a buyer? Yeah. Awesome. So. As part of this brand refresh, which we're about to, to launch, we're also refreshing our marketing strategy. And when I say marketing strategy, I mean that in the the largest sense of the word of understanding markets, understanding buyers, understanding their journeys, creating, capturing, delivering all the way through that value chain. And one of the one of the major changes that we're making is, given the position that we're now in, thanks to the to the recent funding and our growth to date is we no longer need to fish in the pond where everybody is fishing, where it's super expensive. And that's the people that are looking to buy right now. And, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, the, it's a race to the bottom or, or top, depending on how you want to look at it in terms of bidding for keywords and paying through the roof when it comes to, to paid media and social media, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're now doing is saying we exist to unlock human potential through reimagined education 
we can start adding value to you as an individual if you are frustrated and or ambitious to be better than where you are right now. And so one of the offers that we're going to start, um, one of the offers we're putting out there now is um, the coaching sessions that we put as part of your onboarding and orientation of a program, bringing it much, much earlier into the value chain where we work with you, Mm -hmm. experienced, certified, globally experienced coaches to help you understand who you are, what you're about, what actually matters to you and where it is that you want to go. It might be that off the back of that, you say, do you know what? Education isn't what I need right now, but this is what I need. No problems at all because when you come back and you you do decide that education is what you need right now, we're going to be in your initial consideration set. Okay. Uh, Freddie, so um, as I said earlier, this is Freddie. And um, I just see if Freddie's got any questions because, you know, Freddie's a bright young thing. Sure. Mm. Thank you, Russ. And thank you, Omar. Uh, So, Omar, I was reading your blog yesterday Mm. um, and there was a really interesting post, a a take I hadn't seen before. So, obviously, gratitude is very big at the moment. Mm. um, But you had written something about how you've been practising and developing a a grateful mindset. Yeah. uh, And you had some... Uh, qualms with it yeah. namely that it felt like a bit of a handbrake sure um, and it slowed you down I thought yeah. that was such an interesting and, uh, on, and honest yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how are you going right now with um, <laughs> with balancing <laughs> yeah. uh, you know sort of discontentment and uh, yeah. gratitude yeah good one um, it is a really interesting one um, yeah so to, to build on that it, it was a realisation that I had I don't know maybe six months ago now something like that nine months ago of I'd worked so hard on being grateful for the things that I had, I lost that sense of drive and ambition and hunger. <laughs> and it was a really interesting one because what, what I found myself doing was the moment things got too challenging, I said, no, you're about appreciating what you have and and um, being grateful for all of the good things, focus on those things. And I started to push away from the challenge and the discomfort. And yes, I realized that I'd got myself... Um, stagnant and perhaps complacent i was listening to a podcast um over the weekend uh, with a guy called rich roll um who's an, an interesting cat out of the u.s and he was sort of talking about um that being these aren't his words but being comfortably uncomfortable is the thing that continues progression and continues moving you forward and i've been working really hard on challenging myself and putting things in place that are uncomfortable, that aren't what I've been used to. Simple things like only buying X number of coffees every day. I love my coffee and it would just be, you know, something that I would go to as my little moment. Simple things like that. Um, I've been really strict on what I've been eating for the last month, so things like that. But then also um, other things like uh, particular activities, which I'd traditionally say no to, putting myself back into those um, to try and create that sense of, yeah, discomfort to a, a useful level to help continue push me forward and and just be comfortable in knowing the fact that I am an ambitious person. I feel my best. I, I do my best when I and not yeah not not slowing myself down because it's it's what. People say I should do. So Bill Gates and uh, Warren Buffett, they were having a cup of tea mm. with Bill Gates' dad. Right. And the uh, the father, whose name I can't recall, uh, Bill's dad, said, write down one word um, that you both attribute, that you would attribute to your success. And they both wrote down the same word. Mm. Right? So they showed, they showed each other. Yeah? And the word was focus. Are you focused on fourth row success or does the portfolio get in the way? 
Yeah, good question. And it's a question that a lot of people ask me. I am absolutely focused on fourth revs success. No, no two ways about it. Um, maybe in a few years time, I look back on this and I say, can I sweat? Yeah, man. Um, that I was just telling myself a, a whole load of shit and, and, and I was kidding myself. Maybe that is where I get to in the realization, but I feel very comfortable and confident in the fact that if I was to spend all of the working hours that I spend uh, on, a, on a given week only on fourth rev, my productivity, creativity, drive, motivation would seriously decline. Mm-hmm. And so the focus and commitment to fourth rev is at its highest it can be in part because of these other pursuits that I have, which continues to fuel my internal fire. Okay. Sounds a bit wanky, we go back you to the, the um, <laughs> So let's have a listen to the cafe. So we're going to we're, we're go to the cafe. I'm just going to ask you about, okay, I'm going to put you in charge. So um, you're the PM. Mm. Um, and I'm going to suggest to you that you're going to, you're not going to get there till later in life. Mm. Um, what sort of, what, what, what changes are you going to implement? We'll go, we'll go to the most controversial. Sure. Um, that after, uh, so the term that already exists is, um, I think they call it a super tax. After a certain threshold, mm-hmm. there is an incentive or a disincentive to do nothing with that money. And there is an incentive to put that money to work in um, impact investment channels. Sure. Continue to profit from it, yeah. but do it in a way which is deemed to be as socially positive, as net positive as possible. Yep, good. Encouraging that, yep. um, I would love to see yep. happen. Tick. Um, I would love to see a system and governmental driven or led approach to improvement of the primary and secondary education systems. Mm-hmm. I'd like there to be more play-based learning for longer. I'd like there to be more inquiry-based learning for longer. I would like there to be this continued um, de-emphasis on ATAR scores and continue to find new ways of um, measuring what's going to be good or best for young people into the future. Okay, tick. Question mark. What else? Sure. Um, Other things that I'd love to see more of is proactive approaches to the development of mental health and well-being as opposed to all of the reactive approaches and awareness building mm-hmm. that we have in place. Uh-huh. Hard not to tick that. Next. Yep. Um, more, um, again, pro. there's a book from the 70s called The Lucky Country by Donald Horn where if people read it, they'll recognise that the lucky country is not something that we should be, be proud of. It's a warning. We should be, embrace it. And so point being, we need to start better using all of the smarts and the talent and the opportunity that we have in this country to do more than... How? 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 Um, better education, uh-huh. better government investment, better incentives for small businesses, entrepreneurs that are trying to give it a crack. Mm-hmm. Payroll tax is something I'd get rid of. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. I don't understand why you need to pay tax when you employ someone. Yeah, you pay I- enough other fees and, and on costs. Mm-hmm. So that would be something I'd get rid of. Um, yeah, incentives and support for people to do, to try new things within reason, um, of course. Um, things like climate, obviously it's incredibly important. Supporting the smartest people in the world and in the room to continue to tackle those things obviously makes sense. I'm not a climate denier by any stretch. 
Um, I don't know enough about the the realities of that. We need to take it very seriously, and and, and anything other than that, I think, is is bonkers. Um, for me, the philosophy needs to be: if everybody lives a net positive life, we all win. All right. So, um, speaking of philosophy, uh, a little bit of Plato is not a bad idea mm. in all of our lives. Mm. Thank you very much, Omar Omar De Silva. Thank you for your time uh, and being part of a science conversation. It's a, it's, a, it's a genuine privilege. I really appreciate it. Good man.